welcome back to another special episode of Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 123. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing good. I am currently gearing up in a, at the LGS in a, for a certain pre-release coming up soon. Oh my goodness, Brothers War is just around the corner, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. When is when is that pre-release, my friend? Is it this week? This weekend? And I actually believe so because and then yesterday we actually got a shipment of pre-release kits, and not to mention the pre-pre-release oh. and from a loading ready run also happened as well. Oh, I, I haven't even followed that. I mean, that's. It's so there's been so much product I've hardly been able to keep track of everything. But anyway, yeah, wow, can't believe it. Right, it's here right on top of us real soon. That's exciting stuff. Um, I mean, good. Uh, hopefully your store has like, like it looks like it's going to be a really fun set. So hopefully you guys have a yeah. pretty banging uh, pre-release. Uh, just yeah, I before... mean that, I mean that you already know what cards I'm going after in the set. Um, well, there's lots. I mean, I don't know exactly specifically what you're going for, but if I were a betting man, I would wager you probably... Let's have a look. Let's just pull up the cards. Have a little little lucky poo here. What my uh, what dear Lux is looking for. So let's sort by rarity. What would Lux dig? Lux would dig a lot, but I think you want Gix. That's what I think is your... Like, your number one target is Gix. Yeah, and Gix and Mishra, like the melt, the meld one that is. Like, yeah, not yeah, the yeah, others. yeah, yeah. Oh, the other ones are fine, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do, you want to do the crazy stuff, right? With the, yep. with the super cool Mishra. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know what I would be into. I, I'm not gonna be able to pre-release. It's like the bottom line is, is like I've got my kids and such this weekend, so I've got to be daddy, but. Um, I don't know what I'd be in for. I think I'd be looking for getting getting my hands on the Titania, Voice of Gaia, and then see if I can't melt her into Titania, Gaia, Incarnate, because that also seems super cool. Um, but, I mean, it's a tall order in a pre-release to get them to meld, but that's be that would be where I would go, I think. But that's unlikely to be a thing in, in my future. I've got to be... i got to be dad this weekend, so... Playing Magic that way is not on, not high on my list of things to do, but it would be lots of fun, and I wish anybody who's going out to play, wherever you're going out to play, a lot of fun. Um, it should be a, it should be a really fun weekend with lots of great things to open and such. Um, I also a little birdie much a little mention to me there, Lux. You, you found something spicy in a pack, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I actually did. They, I was at my local GameStop the other day. And they they happen to have a couple of and like random boosters in it lying around. I grabbed a set booster of Dominaria United and decided to crack it because you know they hey they, there's not really any reason to have set boosters because they're not really built for that. Yeah, no, they don't save them for drafting. So if you're gonna get your hands on them, you may as well pop them. Yeah. And, and like, so I, you, yeah, they you... I just they I opened it up and I just happened to be looking through it, see they what all I could get for the deck I'm building. And I happened to notice something very interesting. A card that was not written in English. A certain oh. Black Mythic. Did you get something in Spanish? Nope. This in... was not in 
This is not a human language. In fact, it's a language that exists only in the world of Magic the Gathering. Oh, you got something in Phyrexian, and it's black and mythic with Phyrexian. You got a fancy shoulder, didn't you, my man? Yeah, I did. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Time to make all your friends cry. Lux, you know what you need to get? You need to get a webcam. Because you and I need to play over webcam. And honestly, like these last few sets have really brought out a lot of spicy things for Phyrexians. Well, I was going to say, Dominaria United, I think, was excellent. I think the set was very, very well done. Um, and not like in a way like they broke the game the way that like Throne of Eldraine did. It was just really just good quality cards that like lend a lot of richness and a lot of depth to, to existing strategies without making them be like undes unfun or super busto and not cool. Like I've been playing with a lot with Lord Windgrace, uh, sorry, solo Lord Windgrace. And like, it's just a good card. It's a, it's a good value engine. Is it super busted? No. Do I want to play with it in commander? Absolutely. So, uh, or Urtai the Resurrected is just a really good card. Like, it's not broken. It's just good. It's a surefire answer to whatever you happen to want to answer. Um, you know, same thing with, like, uh, the new, like, the new Braids, the more I read it, or the new Raven Man, like, the Raven Man card, like, that, those are, they're just good cards. Like, they just do something useful without breaking the game in half. And so, consequently, I think the set is really appealing and really interesting. And there's some really good cards in this set that we don't even talk about. Like, again, like, I think I mentioned it once, but I, I think Terra Sunder is, like, one of my favorite cards from the set. Terra Sunder is super cool. And, like, who wants to play, like, Assassin's Trophy when you have a Terra Sunder in your deck? Like, I would say Terra Sunder is an upgrade. It costs more mana, but, like, oftentimes... You're looking to use Assassin's Trophy for the flexibility to kill an enchantment or uh, an artifact. And you got that with Terra Sunder, and it just costs you a little bit more, but it doesn't cost nearly as much mana to, or sorry, nearly as much money to, to get your hands onto. So, you know, like, I, I do think the, like, it's just really good set without being so overpowered that. You know, people don't want to play it. So, anyway, I really like it. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I uh, went and splurged, Lux. I went and went a little crazy. You know what? I went and got my hands on. What? I have an order for two of the 30th anniversary, um, like uh, secret layers at whatever ungodly price they are. And. And the thing sold... Unfortunately, I missed out on that. Well, yeah, and the thing sold out in a heartbeat. Like, I think it was, like, the guy who... Uh, the guy who's, who ended up, like... So, I was I was in a classroom teaching when they went live. So, I have another, another guy that I know locally here who was picking up some for himself. He bought me a pair, and I had to... I paid him back. And so, I... But I'm going to have two copies of, this, of them coming my way. And one of them I'm going to open, and I'm going to use. Because there's stuff in it I want, like the Chrome Mox, the Necropotence, the Shark Typhoon, and all that good stuff. But I don't want to keep the other one sealed for a while. Let's call it three to five years. 
and see if people don't decide they want to, you know, hop on board and buy it at some much higher price point because the cards of the set, like that's a really good, a really good secret lair. Like there's lots of really good cards in it. Even if like not all of them are going to get played by a lot of people, like the card, the set is really good. So yeah, I went and splurged and I don't really feel bad about it to be perfectly honest. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. We'll see when that arrives, and I'll have to let everybody know how it goes to see how, how easy yeah. it was. Because, yeah, a... like, like, when it comes to Secret Lair Dops, like, the thing that blows for me is the fact that all the ones that interest me, they always sell out before I'm in a position to get one. Well, yeah, and this one's, this one's no different. This one is even a limited print run. I don't know what they were doing. Apparently, they printed, like, 35,000 of these copies, but they let people buy 30 of them at a time. Like, if you have a limited print run for your as a for your thirtieth anniversary, wouldn't you want everyone to be able to grab it without like letting like finance types grab thirty copies at a time? Yeah, but you know the saying goes, "Money talks." Oh well, I know money talks, but like this is your anniversary set. Like this is like this should be the one that people go for, not the thousand dollar proxies. Like this is the one people should be going for. This is like, like iconic cards in the last thirty years, and it's just good. Like they're just good cards, instead of playing like the the lottery for Black Lotus. On a funny yeah, card. They, on a funny card. Seriously, they, when they first announced that, I was like, okay, like what's the point behind this? You know, they, they, the only people that are going to be going for this are the collectors, and even then, they're not going to be much interested interested no. in it if they're not going to be getting what they want no and it's so like for the average player sure this was 150 dollars or 30 cards which is five dollars a card which like if you put it in that context doesn't sound outrageous does it and not really considering some of them are like a chrome mocks like necropotence if you were to go find a necropotence and let, let's go have a look at the cheapest version of necropotence right now if I wanted a Necropotence, um, I'm paying almost $40 for a Necropotence in what, in, from 5th edition. If I get the Ice Age version, it's like over $40. Like, so it's somewhere between $35, like $38 and $40, $45. Right? So the fact that in this set you're getting a Necropotence, a Necropotence with much better art, right? Um, yep, because you're getting it with that that cool, uh, that, that cool like metal rock, like rock <laughs> metal band art. Like, that's just a objectively better card, and like, you got it for five bucks, along with all the other things in your yeah. in your set. Like, I, I don't know, I feel pretty good about it, and like, sure, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money, and so I'm gonna have to, like, I was, I'm not gonna be buying nearly as much other stuff in the next. You know, probably three to five, three to six months. But I mean, the cards I got from it are pretty cool. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, I mean, like, could they could in this secret layer drop? Could you imagine if cards like Jester's Cap got a reprint? Jester's Cap is kind of hot garbage. Why would I be want Jester's Cap? Yeah. Like, did you ever play with Jester's Cap? And I played it with with it a few times, and then 
like it was like several years back because like the one that the LGS that I work at, they and sometimes I went there, but they were closed down for reasons. So I went to this other one, and they had a sealed box of Ice Age. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I remember I I was a teenager playing Jester's Cap, and like it's super expensive. It's four mana to play it, two more to activate it, so six mana to go and get what? How many cards do you get? Three cards and remove them from the game. Where, like, I could do Sadistic Sacrament. Oh, no. That's not the card. Sadistic Sacrament. Three mana. Take out three. And then you can kick it and take out 15. So, imagine if you comboed. Well, I I have I have casted a sacrament for fifteen for 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 the fifteen cards. I'm like I would rather play sadistic sacrament instead of Chester's cap. This is me. Yeah, they. You know what they? They what color is sadistic sacrament in? It's, it's triple black, black black black. So you got to be in a pretty heavy black deck. My logic at the time when I got it and put it in the deck. I'm playing it in my Sadisi Brew Tyrant deck. And I'm playing it because the win condition in the deck is a Villainous Wealth. However, if you lose your Villainous Wealth because somebody, you know, exiles it or makes you, yeah, usually it's exile or they bog your graveyard before you can retrieve it from your yard. Um, and now your deck, the deck kind of falls apart. So my thought was if I have Sadistic Sacrament, Okay, if I go into your deck, because I'm already a big mana deck, because I'm going to cast Villainous Wealth for a million, I'm already a big mana deck, I'm going to be able to kick it. If I strip your deck of 15 things, what are the chances you still win the game? Probably pretty poor. You're pr hey, hey, think about this. Yeah. What if you bounce Statistic Sacrament off of Thousand Year Storm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing too. So I'm Yeah, like sorry, like I hope you didn't have plan on having fun. Now say goodbye to your library. Yeah, so I'm just gonna exile all the things. Yeah, so anyway, Jester's Cap's kinda like hot poo. I remember playing with it as a kid, thinking it was like not a lot of fun to play against it. Because I because I had a t I had a friend that would tap me every every game. And he would always you know what do you take out? Because he would take out, my, he would take out my, <laughs> he take out my disenchants and my regrowths, so I couldn't destroy his vexing arcanics, which is a, a vexing arcanics is an enchant or sorry, uh, an artifact that is the slowest way to peck someone to death ever. So I'll read you vexing arcanics, and you're gonna say, how did he win with that card? So vexing arcanics. Four mana. Vexing Arcanics. Three and a tap. Target player chooses a card name, then reveals the top card of their library. If that card has the chosen name, that player puts it into their hand. Otherwise, they put it into their graveyard and Vexing Arcanics deals two damage to them. Like, 
so he would use it on me and he every time he'd say what's the top card bruce and i'm like i i don't know i don't i don't i can't manipulate the top card of my deck i don't know a forest and every time it's never a forest and so i'm like ah like i lose my card and i take two damage and it was like the slowest most painful way to die ever but because i had no disenchants and no regrowths i couldn't kill it and i couldn't keep a board state because he was a control deck, and he would just wipe my board of all the creatures. So I just died to the silly Vexing Arcanics. After game after game. It was so infuriating. It was like Stasis Locks, and like Kismet, and all the worst like control stacks pieces in the world. And I was so dis- so distraught. Anyway, we've been talking a long time. We should get on to the rest of the show. <laughs> but, yep. oh my god, Vexing Arcanics, back, like, the horrors of, of playing that. Okay. Uh, if you like what you hear on the show, folks, don't forget to check out all of our back episodes at thelotuscouncil.com. The link's in the show notes, uh, and you can f- go and find us there. Uh, you can also find lots more other great things, particularly the Discord. We've talked about it every week. The Discord is excellent. A great resource for connecting with other players, um, talking to other p- players about what, you know, they, you know, ideas for new decks, or for rules questions, uh, there'll be a, there's gonna be an upcoming box break for um, the the what is it called the Brothers War. So yeah, it's gonna be super cool. Um, but so come and check it out. There's lots of great people who love to talk about Magic, love to talk EDH. Uh, so come in and check it out for yourself. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, tell them Bruce and Lux say hi, and uh, they'll, they'll treat you really really well. All right. Also, as a reminder, we're gonna have one more week on our bootlegger stash and. Uh, pack of MH2 giveaway. So if you'd like to win it, you have until next Monday, which would be Monday the 14th of November, uh, 2022. Uh, and then we'll be we'll be drawing our winner and seeing who gets those goodies. Um, all right, ready for this week's show, Lux? Yeah. All right, so we're going to do Garbage or Great, and then we're going to look at some Brothers War spoilers. And then I thought it might be fun to look at some cards that we have misevaluated in the last, let's call it, year, year and a half uh, from some of the most, most recent sets. So, we got lots to do. All right, tonight's Garbage or Great is coming from to us from um, Hour of Devastation. It is Torment of Scarabs. Three and a black for an enchantment curse. You enchant player. At the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, that player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card. So, Lux, what do you think about the Torment of the Scarabs? And honestly, Bruce, there is no way you can say that the Torments are garbage. They are great. Um, No, I agree with you. I think this card is terrific. I really, really like it. Um, I actually play it in a deck. I have it in a Drelnu Lichlord deck that um, masquerades as a discard deck. So it looks like it's um, a, a blue-black control deck, but a lot of it has got hand disruption. So, and this is perfect for that sort of deck, right? Slam it in there. I target one person, and then I make them have to make hard choices about whether they want they wanted to lose life or sacrifice stuff or discard cards. And I like that ability um, that I can then turn around and use the abilities, uh, use other cards to make my opponents discard their hands and control uncontrolled board state by having counters or removal or other things in the deck. So 
I'm a big fan of Torment of Scarabs. Uh, it only appears in 5,600 decks. So it's not outrageous. Um, obviously, it is played most in Lindy, Cheerful Tormentor, which is um, the Grixis colored um, curse commander, which, I mean, is cool. But uh, you're getting a lot of other places to play this card. Um, I like seeing it again, Arcanum Weaver, which is uh, the uh, Mardu colored Enchantment Matters deck, I guess. And you can return it from your hand or something to your hand. So anyway, just all in all, I think it's a pretty cool card. Also, um, the price tag makes it really appealing, doesn't it, Lux? Yeah, it does. So this is the sort of card there, audience, that Lux and I would love to play in our decks because it does exactly what we want it to do. Like, if we're looking for a discard-related effect or a sack-related effect, this is exactly, exactly the card you want to play. And it costs 30 cents. So you can pick it up and you're not going to feel like you're, you know, costing yourself a lot of the bottom lines. So um, I think you're right, Lux. I think this card is great. Um, there's no really other way to put about it. Um, you know, the fact that it appears in over 5,000 decks also goes a long way. I mean, very clearly people find the card good. So they're, they play it lots. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Torment of Scarabs? And nope, the card speaks for itself. The card's pretty good. Have you have you had it played against you at any point? And well, they back when and uh, they the baby bolus and it first became a thing. I used him as a commander. Like I built a Grixis set. Yeah. And yeah, you already know that story. They literally, I had all three of my torments taken again away from me. Oh, that's sad. Anyway. Well, maybe maybe someday you get to rebuild the deck and do it again. All right, let us move on to some Brothers War spoilers because there's a lot more of the previews that came out. So we picked another dozen or so, folks. Um, <laughs> and uh, so let's get down to it. So um, I'll start us off here, Lux. Um, oh, it's taking me a minute to load it up. There it is. All right, Portal to Phyrexia. Nine mana. Nine generic mana, artifact, mythic, when Portal to Phyrexia enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices three creatures. Okay. At the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexia in addition to its other types. Okay, Lux. What do we think about Portal to Phyrexia? I can make it work. Dude, this card is nuts. Like, I know that's so much mana, but it's like you're spending nine mana and it's coming down and your opponents, and if you think about the average three-person game, sorry, four-person game, everybody else is losing three creatures. So you're probably going mana even, if they have anything on their battlefield. Right? Would you agree? Like, think about it. Like, what's it going to take for you to, yeah. like, go essentially, you spend nine, and then your opponents lose nine creatures and probably sp lose collectively between the three of them 20 to 30 mana worth of spells they just had to sacrifice to the graveyard. 
Yeah, and not to mention, it's great against those graveyard and uh, late strat decks. They, they're filling their graveyards, yeah. but they're also giving you things to use against them. Oh, for sure. Like, this is like, this is, this is silly. Like, now, the unfortunate part, it triggers on your upkeep. So, unless you can find your way to get extra upkeeps, um, and there is a way to do it. I've forgotten what the card is, but um, you can get extra upkeeps. Let me just see. High synergy cards. Um, I saw, I, I know there's a card that, that plays well with it. Oh, dear. Well, anyway, <laughs> bottom line is, I think this card is excellent. Um, I think your opponents are going to be very, very leery of this sort of big mana swingy effect um, that's going to, you know, probably quasi-wipe the board and then, you know, make it really difficult for your opponents to deal with you because you get to pull a creature from the yard. Any yard, including your own. Um, yeah, I really like this card. I think this is terrific. It's a, like a, huge, a huge mana investment, but... I think it's the sort of mana investment that if you get to it, you're going to be very pleased. So big mana decks everywhere are going to be excited for this. What's up next, Lux? Next up we have Cityscape Leveler. For 8 generic, you get an artifact creature construct, 8-8, with Trample. When you cast this spell and whenever Cityscape Leveler attacks, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a tapped power stone token. Unearth eight. This is dumb. Like, this is like, okay, so there's a whole bunch of Eldrazi at this sort of price point, right? Like, eight plus mana. Yep. This is way better than <coughs> all of them. You just gotta give this thing haste. And it's just going to mop up the battlefield, people. Like, Clap a pair of swift, like, cast this for eight, swift boot, boots this thing up, and then you're going to just dominate. Because it's just, it's going to destroy one target non-land permanent. You're going to start killing their stuff off. And if you can get extra combat steps, like, I imagine this goes in a, like, an, like a red deck with, like, some haste effects and, like, a morog, and, like, you're getting extra combat attacks, and you're just going to go ham with this sort of card. I think this card is... You know what? Yeah. The, you know what? I have a deck that this can go oh, yeah, in. Oh, what's that? And it's Voice of Descent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam will give it haste, for sure. And, like, this thing would be, it would be, like, super destructive if you, like, get to cast it for haste and then extra combat phases, and then your opponents are probably going to give up because it's also an 8-8 Trampler. So, the card's really difficult to block. So, Yeah. It seems good. Like, I don't, like, we're not even talking about that Unearth 8, aren't we? And nope. So, you can unearth it, I guess, if you care. Also, beyond that, giving your, do you think giving your opponent a top power stone is of any value whatsoever? And honestly, like, I can't really think no, of anything. No, I, I think it's like, that's a trivial downside, and you're like, you just want to get your big thumper and destroy stuff. So, yeah. Seems good. Um, up next, we have... Go ahead. Yeah, 
I'm just saying, like, what I really like about Trample, especially on a big hero like that, it's literally just telling your opponent, hey, go ahead and block this. You're still going to be taking oh, damage. for sure. For sure. All right, now next we have Perennial Behemoth. This card is silly. Five generic artifact creature beast. You may play lands from your graveyard, and it's a 2-7. Two 2-7? Seven. Two seven. And unearth for green, green. Okay. Hey, good luck killing this thing. Well, like, yeah, like it's going to take it's going to take a, like an actual removal spell to block to kill perennial behemoth. But think about this. Think about this card. Now you have, I, I believe you have an, a, a card that can be played in a colorless deck because of because of the fact it's an artifact, right? Like. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe not because maybe the the unearth makes it uniquely a green card because it's in the text box. But like the color identity of this card is colorless, and like this is crazy pants. Like if this is like this is ramming up excavator or crucible of world on drugs, if this can get played as a in a multi in a like any other color strategy. I will have to double check with that or on with our, with our judge, but if this is a if this is a truly a colorless card, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like there will be people who are going to play any other color combination and they're going to run this because they can't they don't have access to you know the Ramanap Excavator or they can't get their hands on Crucible of Worlds because it's too expensive. But now they can get their hands on Perennial Behemoth. So, this is nuts. This card is nuts. So, yeah. Any thoughts on it? It's another one of those must-haves. Yeah, this one's an absolute must-have for this set. Because Ramen Up Excavator and... Pardon me. Ramen Up Excavator? Let's go see how many, cards, how many decks Ramen Up Excavator is. Before before I I load up the page, you want to guess how many decks Ramen Up Excavator is in? Fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. What do you think, Lux? How many decks do you think Ramen Up Excavator is in? I mean, the I'm gonna say this in some somewhere like above a thousand. Over a thousand Ramen Up Excavator. It's in 71,000 decks, dude. This is going to be a comparable. Like, this is going to be in everything. It's silly. So, yeah. It's a thing. All right. Up next, what do we have, Lux? We have Fauna Shaman for one and a green and an Elf Shaman, two, two. And green tap, discard a creature card. Search your library for a creature card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle. Oh my god! This is a green tutor card. Like it's literally just a soul for a soul. Yes, but like if you're if you're the elf deck, you don't care. This is going in the elf deck, so you can tutor up your your creator hoof. Yep. Gross. So gross. So good. It's a green repeatable tutor on a stick. It puts it in your hand. 
Not on top of your deck. Not look at the top five. Like, go find the thing. Sure, you gotta pitch an elf. Pitch another mana dork. To go find the thing, and then do the thing, and your parent and your and your opponents die, spectacularly. So. It's, so it's only a rare, but it's pre-release or pre-selling at, uh, you know, six seventy-five. Let's see this. It was in. It was in M11 as well, too. M11, Ultimate Masters. Like, this card is nuts. How did I not know about this card until just now? This card is broken. Broken, broken, broken. Anyway. Um, up next, what do we have? Is, is this me? Oh, yeah, it must be me, right? Okay, yeah, this so is Awaken the Woods. X, green, green. Sorcery. <laughs> Boo. Sorry. Create X, one, one, green forest, dryad land creature tokens. That's all it says. So you have a big old way to make a lot of tokens. Seems good. I'm not going to lie. Like, just seems like a good, like, this just seems generically good. Now, it's no, um, uh, uh, what's the one from, uh, Dragons of Charkir, I believe, um, Search the Wastes? No, it's, uh, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Those, the, the white, oh, the white token maker that you cast at instant speed to get your opponents dead. Oh, anyway, it'll come to me, like, in five minutes. Um, secure the wastes. That's the one. Let's see. Secure the wastes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Secure the wastes. White and X. And then you can do it instant speed. This is similar, but not as good because it's sorcery speed and needs green, green. But green's got more mana usually than, um, I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, yep. Up next. What we got next? Bring it up. Oh, this one's good, too. This one's good. I think this... Yeah, go for it. Hey, they... Okay, so... Night Horn no, no, of not, that one. Not, for... not that one. Go down. No, no, no. So that uh, Horn of Valhalla and Ysgard's Call is a, is analogous to Awaken the Woods um, because it's... it's Ysgard's Call is the adventure half of Horn of Valhalla and it's white, it's white, white X at sorcery speed which does the same thing as um, awaken the awaken the woods. Um, so yeah, they're just that seems to be the going rate for X creature making spells these days. Um, but yeah, so skip down to Mishra's command. 
Yeah, Mishra's command for X and a red and in a sorcery. Right. Choose, choose two. two. <laughs> and Go ahead. Target player, they may discard and up to X cards. And they then, then they draw a card for each card discarded this way. This spell deals X damage to target creature. This spell deals X damage to target planeswalker. Target creature gets plus X plus zero and gains haste until end of turn. Okay. This card is very powerful. Very powerful. Alright, so... The fact that you pick two, Lux, is the key to this. So, if you're building... Imagine this in, like, a deck... In decks that want to wheel. Right? Like, you have... You have this in your hand, and I admit full of garbage, you want to pitch it. You can do this, wheel... And, like, so you're playing some sort of Rakdos build with new children on the battlefield. Or if you're in Riel where you have to discard, and then Riel lets you draw based on that. is like It's all so easy to to trigger and make good on it. It doesn't take a lot of setup. And the card's just good. So you can, like, refill your hand or dig for new cards. And then you can be back to, you know, essentially go... Yeah, it just has lots of potential right there. Like just, and then don't forget what the, it'll do with Arclight Phoenix too. Like Arclight Phoenix decks tend to want to pitch to your graveyard anyway, so you're pitching things to the graveyard. There's ways to re- recur the things you pitch to your graveyard to draw more cards. Like it just seems really, really good. So I'm I'm very excited for this card. Um, I don't know what I would where I'd play it or what I do with it, but I think the card is really exciting. Any other thoughts? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, this card. Oh, Transmigrant's Crown. Transmigrant's Crown. Two. Uh, generic for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus O. Whenever equipped creature dies, you draw a card and equip for two or a black. Um. This gives me off like skulls, like um, skull clamp vibes. Sort of idea for you. Like it gives me skull clamp vibes, but like it's a lot more fixed and a lot more safe. Your skull camp's kind of dumb. Like kind of dumb. Yeah, so I feel like this is a fixed version of Skull Clamp that they're giving us. Um, I think even as a fixed version, it's still very good. So, just my own two cents. But any any feelings on this one, there, Lux? Not really. You, you, do you nope. think I'm out? You think I'm out being like a little bit hyperbolic to saying that I'm excited for this one, thinking that this card could be good in sort of the same way as Skull Clamp? And honestly, to me, this is another one of those oh, for wait sure. and see I, cards. I, mean, I can see this getting a lot of play in Aristocrat decks or whatever. Like, we're going to have lots of things dying. And yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I just think the card is going to have lots of potential. Lots of potential. All right. Up next, what do we got? We got the Temporal Anchor for three and three blue and legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry two. Whenever you choose to put one or more cards on the bottom of your library while care scrying, exile that many cards from the bottom of your library. 
During your turn, you may play cards exiled with the Temple Anchor. Um, like, I don't know what to say about this about this about this card because it's very unique to be able to play cards off the bottom of your library. Um, I think this is definitely something that people should sit up and take notice about because I think the card is um probably going to be underappreciated, but then something is going to trigger to make this card be very, very good. Everybody who's got it is going to feel like a genius, and everyone who doesn't is going to kind of feel like, I don't know, to feel not good about it. So I really, th- I think the card is really unique, really interesting, um, a really interesting build around. I don't know how good it is, but I think the card is, like, sometimes we have to find the cards that are interesting and not just the good ones. And this one's really interesting. So there we go. All right. For me, my turn. It says Platoon Dispenser. And it's an artifact creature construct for six. At the beginning of your end step, if you control two or more other creatures, draw a card. And then three and a white, create a one one color soldier artifact creature token. And then has an unearth for two black black for an, for an unearth mechanic. Um, Lux, what do you think about Platoon Dispenser? And honestly, like this thing could potentially be useful. Um, I think this card is probably pretty decent. So it comes down at five mana instead of six, which I think makes a big difference because we've seen sort of this sort of effect um, at six mana more often than five. We're coming down a little bit earlier, the fact that um, you know you're coming into the place and you know essentially. Okay, so like you comes into the battlefield, you go to draw a card. It's probably it's going to make you tokens. Probably, like I think this card is pretty pretty solid. I like I really enjoy it. I think it's pretty good. So, um, Sahili Filigree Master Lux, you want to read it? That's. Let me bring it up. Okay. And Sahili Filigree Master for and two and, and blue and red. Legendary Planeswalker Sahili. And three loyalty. And her plus one is Sky One. You may tap an untapped artifact you control. If you do, draw a card. And minus two, create two, one, one, and a color stop your artifact creature tokens with flying. They gain haste until in turn. Minus four. You get an emblem with artifact creatures you control, get plus one, plus one, and artifact spells you cast to the cost of one yeah. to cast. I don't know what Sahili's doing here on Dominaria or in or back in time with uh, Teferi, but I happen to think that like, this one seems like a very reasonable planeswalker. It doesn't seem like it's broken, but it seems like it's got pertinent and useful abilities. Um... Will I expect it to see much playing Commander? Probably not, but it seems like a neat card, right, Lux? I mean, are you yep. gonna write home about your Sahili Filigree Master? No, but it does no. seem like a pretty neat card. If you open it, you're like, oh, I'll play that. I would for sure. Like it seems super, super interesting. I think very safe too. 
None of this seems like an ability that you can like combo out and kill your opponents out of nowhere. So, yeah, seems just pretty fair. All right, the other planes, another planeswalker from the set, Teferi Temporal Pilgrim, three blue blue legendary planeswalker Teferi. As a static ability, it says whenever you draw a card, put a loyalty counter on Teferi Temporal Pilgrim. All right, for zero, you can draw a card. Which is also code for plus one. You're making your, you're drawing a card because, yeah. Um, plus, minus two. Create a two-two blue spirit creature token with vigilance that says whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. Notice it doesn't say it's not like a blue illusion. It's a blue spirit, so they can target it or whatever, and it doesn't just vanish, which is how the old system sort of worked. So. And then minus 12, target opponent chooses a permanent they control and returns it to the owner's hand. Then they shuffle each non-land permanent they control into its, into its owner's library. So I don't think I ever want to see that <laughs> see that face again. Like <laughs> Target opponent chooses a permanent they control and returns it to its owner's hand. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Like This is like, what do you think of this, Lex? Is this thing good? And honestly, like you're gonna have to do a lot of work in order to get yeah. to that minus twelve. And odds are, people oh, are gonna sure. be gunning for it. To 12. That twelve is like a pie in the sky. So, does the zero and the minus two make sense? I think so. I think they're pretty, pretty, they uh, pretty good. So, yeah, I like to ferry. I don't know again how hugely problematic he's gonna be. Is he? I think he's pretty decent. I mean, this is like Teferi, Tempor, uh, Teferi Master of Time are two that don't see a whole lot of play, but probably should. I think these are both pretty reasonable cards, and this one seems pretty reasonable. So, yeah. All right, and then last but not least, we have here in tonight's La Final card, my friend Lux. And Fade from History. For two and two green, you get a sorcery. Each player who controls an artifact or enchantment creates a two-two green barrel creature token. Then destroy all artifacts. So earlier and we were talking about what card that gives your opponents um, po the power stone, which was the um, is this one? No, not you. Um, I don't know here. Where was I? Where did I get to? Oh, um, that with um, that card that gives you a worn power stone, which was oh, geez, I'm, I'm missing it right now. Is this it? No, not that card. Let's just command Fauna Shaman Awaken the Woods. No. Perennial Behemoth, Cityscape Leveler, Portal to Phyrexia. That's the one, right? Portal to Phyrexia? Nope, I guess not. Anyway, whatever we saw like, just a moment ago that talks about giving your opponent a used Power Stone when you kill something with it. Um, we decided that that was not a particularly relevant cost as a drawback. And this Fade, into Antiqu or fade from History is the same thing. So if they have an artifact, which they do... Um, they get uh, 
a they get a single a singular bear, and then you're destroying all their their artifacts and enchantments. And yeah, like this just seems good. Like it's just so it's like Vandal Blast, but in green for cheaper. It's cheap. Vandal Blast Overload is five. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of this one. What are your thoughts, Lux? Yeah, yeah, definitely good. So, so based on what you've seen so far, Lux, what is your sense on the power level of um, Brothers War? Seems does it seem strong to you? Does it seem like it's lacking in some in some power? What do you think? And honestly, like it seems in a pretty strong, like not over the top, like we've seen in the. Yeah, I agree. I think like it feels pretty strong. Um, like I, like I, I would say it feels like it's a cut above where Dominary United was in terms of power, right? Just based on what I've seen. But uh, that's yep. not to say you're right. It's not in the same league as like Throne of Eldraine. I don't think. I think you know Throne of Eldraine is still very much in a league of its own in terms of how silly it was in terms of for broken, broken cards and whatnot. So anyway, um, I am a, a pretty pretty big fan of the set i'm looking forward to it coming out um like i said too bad i won't be able to pre-release but that's okay anything exciting that you're really interested in like you're hoping you're you're hoping you pull out other than gix right now anything any of these new cards that we spoiled today that uh you might want to add to any of your decks yeah mainly the artifact ones well that that um the, the crucible the world of worlds analogous card is pretty pretty wild so yeah all right should we move on with segment three okay segment three tonight is going yep. to be cards that we have misevaluated um we picked i don't know maybe seven or eight that we've 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 missed the mark pretty widely on them and it's probably worth our while to stop and have a chat around some of these cards so let's get going lux do you want to be the first one or should i do it Let me pull it up. Okay, first off, we have yeah. Professional Facebreaker. So, and, uh, folks, when we were reviewing New Capenna, I think we, I think I remember us talking about Professional Facebreaker. I don't think we recognized just how prevalent the fact that this card cares about treasure. Only we, we noticed how important that was, did we? Because this is a really good card. Nope. If you have just any sorts of treasures laying around, it just turns them into card draw. And um, that seems good. Like, just easy peasy. Let's turn those extra treasures into, into cards. But I, when, I think when we read this, I remember we were worried about um, this attacking. And it wasn't going to be able to attack very frequently meaning that you weren't going to get the treasures very frequently. Well, lo and behold, here we have it. People make treasures all sorts of ways, and it's not hard, and they're, you know, they just have lots of treasures to use with Professional Facebreaker. Card is very good. Appears in th over 38,000 decks as well. So, um, it's still a big number. So, yeah, Professional Facebreaker is up. Um, 
I won't talk about Ledger Shredder. We all, everyone missed Ledger Shredder in the whole community. Um, Ledger Shredder is obviously very, very good. Um, so we won't talk too much about it. However, I will come back to another card from um, Nukapena, and I'm going to talk about Gala Greeters. So one and a green for an Elf Druid. It's got Alliance. And so the three modes you can pick when a creature comes into the battlefield is put a plus almost encounter on Gala Greeters, create a tap treasure token, and you gain two life. Lux, if, of those three modes, what do you think you pick most frequently? And that's uh, actually I a good question when it comes to this card. In like, I'd say probably 80% of cases, you're going to play the tap treasure token. So, and it's just going to sit there on the battlefield and accrue you value in the same way that, um, oh, geez, what I'm talking about here. I just think it'll accrue you value. And so, yeah, the same way that Lotus Cobra and Tyler's Provisioner do, it's just going to be a good card. And it's going to let you, you know, have uh, artifacts to sacrifice. You can, you know, use it to grow your Gallagher's if you really want to. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think that right now it's a really good card. And, you know, anyway, so, yeah. Up next, Sir Lux, what do we got? We have, oh, Displacer Kitten. Go for it. Read it. Read this Displacer Kitten. Let me bring it up. Okay, Displacer Kitten. This card is nuts. For the record, folks. Again, the Displacer Kitten, like for three and a blue, it's a 2 2 Cat Beast. Avoidance. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, exile up to and uh, one target non land permanent you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Yeah, so this is blinky. This just goes blinky, blinky, and your opponents are going to hate you, and you're going to get all the value from your ETBs all the time. You're going to be able to blink things out of out of out of just out of place so that they can't kill them. Yeah, there's not much to not like it with Displacer Kitten. I think we talked about it, but I don't think we talked about it enough. So the card seems really, really, really good. Um, yeah. All right. Um, up next, we have Braids Arisen Nightmare. This is mine, I'm pretty sure. So Braids Arisen Nightmare is one black, one black, black for a 3-3, yep. three, three, which is, like, pretty good stats already. Legendary creature Nightmare. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it for each opponent you uh, who doesn't the player loses two life and you draw two cards this is like the top five cards of this of dominary united this card is really really good it appears in like twelve thousand decks there's nothing not to like is there lux all the modes are good and Not we didn't even talk about it like we are like I think we just brushed right by Braids. And we shouldn't have, because the card is outstanding. So, word to, your, word to be wise, don't just read the mythics. So, alright, next. This card, oh yeah. Go for it. Is it mine or yours? Alright, go for it. 
It's mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to bring it up. Attending. Secluded courtyard. Thing. A secluded courtyard enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. And a tap and add in the, the, the generic. A tap, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast a creature spell of the chosen type. Or activate an ability in a creature or creature card of the so, chosen type. So, this is a card from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, folks, that we just missed. This is an uncommon, it's worth $4 right now. If you have them in your box of stuff, you can go and trade it for stuff. But Secluded Courtyard is like a tribal player's dream come true. And it's, it's a big, you know, big point around it is because you can now use this to cast or activate abilities so your five-color tribal decks are going to get better because they have a Secluded Courtyard, so... Any, any, do you have anything to say about secluded courtyard locks? Like, just seems like a tribal card that seems good. Well, we missed this entirely. Yep. It appears in almost thirty-seven thousand decks, and we whiffed on it spectacularly. We didn't even like put it on a list anywhere to talk about. So, oops, Not bad. All right, next we have um, not secluded courtyard. We just read that one. We have. Cathar Commando, which is an interesting card because you would not imagine this is a common from Night Hunt. One in a white for a 3-1 human soldier with flash. And then you can spend one generic, sacrifice Cathar Commando, destroy target and artifact or enchantment. And the reason we missed this card so hard, my Lux, it appears in almost twenty five thousand decks. Um, arc, you know, so like this just comes in down and it's going to kill an artifact or enchantment dead super quickly. So seems like, you know, seems like it's just a good card to to do stuff with, right? Yeah. Yep. And last but not least, we have Harmonic Prodigy. And for one in a red and a human wizard and one three with prowess, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets yeah. plus one plus one until end of turn. If an ability of a shaman or another wizard you control triggers, it triggers yeah, this an additional is really time. Good. Um, it plays with um, commanders that care about wizards. You know who's a wizard? Everybody, Kirk the Thumbless. So Krark allows you to, whenever you cast an instant or a sorcery, you can flip a coin, and now because um, Harmonic Prodigy is on the battlefield with your, you know, whatever, it's going to trigger it a second time because of the wizard with the wealth factor along with it. So like, yeah, like, it'll trigger more times. Like, I think the card is very strong. Appears in like almost thirty three thousand decks, and we didn't even talk about it, did we? Right, Lux. We didn't even talk about this card, did we? 
card is really no. We didn't even talk about this card. This card no, is really didn't. good. Gets lots of play uh, and does really gross wizard stuff. Um, Krark, and then the other one I want you to like look out for, folks. Like any Krark deck is fine, but put 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 that card with Varan. So you're gonna double the trigger on Varan's Magecraft ability, and yeah, it's gonna be kind of gross. <laughs> so. Yeah. Any thoughts on Harmonic Prodigy? And I, all I can say is that from now on we need to and the uh, analyze and uh, spoiler cards because we need to stop and pass it up on these friend. things. Like, these are all very good cards. That we probably didn't even speak of, talk about most of them. I think we talked about um, Displacer Kitten briefly. I think we talked about Professional Facebreaker briefly, but all the rest didn't even get a mention on the show. And they're excellent, excellent, excellent cards. So, there we have it. Okay. Let's sign off, Lux. Any other any other thoughts you want to... No? Okay, let's wrap this up. So, nope. um, just a reminder, we have the giveaway ongoing for a bootlegger stash or for a Pack of Modern Horizons 2. Uh, if you'd like to be entered to win, be sure when the show goes live to be following us, to like, and to retweet, and include the hashtag, hashtag EpicEXPCast. And that'll help us find you and know that you are looking to interact with us on Twitter. Um, as always, there are fuck, L- Lokes, thanks, uh, Lux, thanks very much for... Uh, for joining me tonight on the show and uh, as we went through all those all those cool cards and some cards we missed and other fun stuff um if you like what you hear on this show you're always welcome to email us at the epic experiment podcast at gmail.com that is going to be in the show notes down below so be easy enough for you to find um you can also find us on twitter at, at epic exp cast same thing with instagram same stuff all right um if you like any of our decks that we brew up each week um not this week but obviously for others you can always go find um you can always go and find our decks at moxfield.com look up the username the epic experiment podcast all one word and you can find all of our decks um and of course on whatever uh application you are choosing to use, listen to our podcast uh, whether it's Amazon, Google Play, uh, Spotify, or others in between, um, you're always uh, be sure to like and follow, subscribe, leave a comment, all the other good things. Um, we'd love to have people interact with us online, and can't wait to uh, to talk to some of you guys. All right. So next week I th- we're going to be moving into uh, more dominant. Sorry, Brothers War stuff. Um, we're going to try and get our judge on next week to try and uh, flush out some of the rules interpretations. But um, anyway, until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you are. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.